the backstory of a client, like a, a success story that we had, and uh, that's really where you know e-commerce, you know, really ignited my passion for the business, and I just got excited about it. Hey, I'm Blake, and this is the Content Plus Commerce Podcast, presented by Engine E-Commerce, the only podcast for people building successful online stores. From agency life to being a lone freelancer, we'll be bringing you weekly content full of best practices and in-the-trenches advice. Hey, this is Blake Pruyer with Engine Commerce, back for another episode of Content Plus Commerce. Today, I've got Adam with Noticed. How are you today, Adam? I'm doing good, Blake. How are you? Doing great. Uh, just kind of finishing off a, a short week here. We had uh, off Monday for Labor Day, so it's kind of like jerking back around from getting uh, on vacation back into like my normal pattern of work. So it's short weeks are always good. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's been a good week, and I appreciate you having me on the the call today. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So the first question we always ask on talk, Content Plus Commerce is give me some about like your background, your journey, how you started Noticed, and then give me an update on where you guys are today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm originally from Liverpool, England, moved here in 2009, and uh, always wanted to be in the digital space and decided uh, to start my first agency in 2011. And was young, stupid, 23 years old. And, uh, you know, first year, uh, basically, really that agency was just focused on building informational sites, some e-com, um, some mobile apps and, and brand. And we weren't really focused on any particular service. And, uh, you know, first year, completely failed, as most businesses do, and then picked myself back up. And then uh, year two, three, and four, we were profitable. And uh, really, where my e-commerce uh, transition and, and where I found my passion for the business was uh, in 2014 so yeah that's kind of of where it all started for me and then um, you know I started noticed in uh, 2015 really off of the backstory of a client like a, a success story that we had and uh, that's really where you know e-commerce you know really ignited my passion for the business and I just got excited about it uh, so yeah, today uh, Noticed, which is the second agency, is a pure, purely, purely focused e-commerce and marketing agency, and we work with uh, brands, mission-driven brands specifically in the one to twenty-five billion online revenue space. And uh, we're at twenty-five employees right now. Um, it was pretty much just me in 2015, and then 2017 we started to grow. Uh, we've had a lot of growth the last 24 months. We went from four full-time beginning of last year to 15 at the end of the year um, and right now we're at 25 and we're at 31 by the end of the year so we're growing really quick and yeah that's that's my my story <laughs> that's some fantastic growth uh i mean we've kind of been the same way where we went from five guys around a table in a coffee shop to a team of like 28 spread between uh our location here in in Northwest Arkansas in, a, in an office in Denver. So that growth is always interesting. Uh, can be a challenge. It's also exciting most of the time. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's getting through those hard times, which are the toughest ones. And you know, I tell a lot of uh, other agencies that once you get past that first one or two years and you really start to develop that experience, you understand where you're going wrong, and you know, then it's really starting to take off if you've got to figure it figured out. And um, you know, a lot of people like to say stick with it and you'll figure it out eventually the knowledge isn't there when you start, but it'll come. Um, so that's, that's my philosophy on it. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, the roller coaster of running a business, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, what is very interesting to me is it sounds like you guys started hitting your growth kind of in that 2015-2016 era, which is around the same time that D2C e-commerce started exploding, which kind of leads me into my next uh, question is like regarding like building out these D2C, these mission-driven sites, what are your go-to tools uh, when you're looking at building out a, a site for a client? Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, you know, to focus on the question, but to kind of focus how we got to where we are with the tool set is before Notice started, I was heavily focused on Magento and it was a great platform at the time. But it, what I found is a lot of the brands who were launching, they were, you know, founder-led startups um, and they were basically, you know, solving a specific problem to a specific customer and they really couldn't afford the tool set and tech that Magento once offered. And that was where we migrated to the current tool set we use. So my tool set now and what we really focus on is Shopify Plus. Um, so Shopify Plus is our core platform, and that's kind of one of our, our main platforms for DTC brands. And uh, in terms of like our tool sets around there, um, Yopo, we use Yopo regularly. We use the UGC platform, review platform, and we also use Swell that integrates into their platform. And uh, probably another tool that we use regularly is SearchBring, which is an auto-suggest complete and filterization system. And that's another one. And then probably... One of my most favorites is Nosto, and that's a personalization platform, um, and there's a lot of heavy personalization that you can do with it, and so that's, that's probably one of my favorite tools, to be honest with you. So they're my four tools. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Nosto and like the personalization future we're seeing with sites. Uh, that's one of the trends that I think is kind of going to catch people off guard here in the next year to year and a half as brands seek to make their homepage experiences kind of more personalized and shopper friendly and like uh, not to throw like the machine learning buzzword in there, but just adapting to the way that people have like viewed products and shopped on their site. We've seen that in email with like your abandoned cart and your please come back and purchase this thing you already looked at. But I think that personalization, specifically on-site personalization, is something that's heavily underutilized right now. Yeah, 100%. I, one of my most favorite parts of, of Nosto's platform is their content personalization. So, you know, we've got a lot of customers where, you know, let's just say, for example, 75% of their buyers are women and 25% of them are women, but their brand and their messaging is very focused on the female side. And one thing with Nosto is you can personalize the entire homepage to be more male-driven. So if a customer's coming from FBAD, clicks through it, and Nosto registers that it's more than likely a male, then it can convert that content based off of what ad they clicked. And so that's one thing that we, we really utilize a lot of. And it's, it's amazing. Like the results of it is, is just phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure whenever you're able to, to tune the, that initial kind of spark of this is the brand I'm viewing, whenever you're able to tune that to the shopper, you're going to see much better conversion rate, lifetime value, everything out of that. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. hundred um, percent. It's um, one of the biggest things right now with, the brands that we speak to regularly, Blake, is that they don't know what they don't know. They, they found their business. They know everything with the R&D, the product, the logistics and operations, but they don't really know what they should be doing on the front end. So that really allows us to be more um, creative and they're open to more ideas. And I think that's what we like about the, the, the brand's part of, of, of our client base um, is that they are open to ideas because you know the retail space was very different. They've been doing that for a long time, but brands who start up from the ground up they are much more open to ideas and I think our tool set falls very well with working with them because they're open to ideas most of the time. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's the 
cool thing about working with brands these days. Yeah, just being more open-minded about the tools and platforms you're using. There's just there's so much out there, so many choices that if you're able to come in with, uh, whether it be cost-effective or something that has a feature that they're not expecting to see, you can really wow uh, a lot of brands these days. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, you know, I think the one the one challenge we have with some of the brands, especially the ones who have grown really quick, is not really having the brand defined. So that kind of makes a bit of a challenge for us sometimes. Um, so that's something that you know we're trying to advise more brands on, especially the ones who have grown rapidly fast. That really, really, we need to make sure that the brands that our guidelines are in place and the brand messaging and the marketing profiles are nailed down so they understand who they're focusing on. I think the more brands can really focus on nailing those things down, the more it's going to fold into their digital better. Um, and that allow the agencies or the in-house teams to be much more um, successful when it comes to like the digital campaigns and the digital strategies. So that's kind of a one, one opportunity we keep seeing regularly happen. Yeah, pulling at that thread, uh, what would you say are some of like the most common headaches or hurdles that you see you and your team running into when you're managing a site build or uh, starting out building a, a site for a client? Uh, it's, it's probably two different scenarios. I think one scenario, you've got a fast-growing brand maybe in the one to three million space and they haven't got a lot of it people supporting them when it comes to different departments. So I think one challenge we have there is, you know, the the owners of the brand not really having um, digital as a focus in their company. So they don't have an e-commerce manager sometimes. They don't have a marketing manager, which then makes it really difficult for the agency to be successful and um, to be efficient um, because we're really dealing with the founders most of the time. So I think on that side, if you are that brand and you're, you are in between that revenue size, hire an e-commerce manager or hire a marketing manager and just make, your life easier than the agency's life's easier because that'll make you focus on your your business more i think that's just one one thing and i think the other side with um brands that are more established i think the challenge that we have there most of the time is more than likely they try and take in-house some of the service that we do to try and cut down that budget but they find that they don't really have the expertise to hire for that so i think that's one challenge is we're doing one aspect of the services and they're doing the aspect of the services and what ends up happening there is the silos. So for example, um, a larger brand doing maybe 5 million plus 10 million plus online could have a, you know, a paid social manager in house, but they outsource email and they outsource paid search. And then what happens is, is our teams are on the same page with their team because they're trying to do one service in house. So that's, that's probably one of the most difficult challenges we have with the more established grown brands versus the small up and coming brands. Um, so that's kind of what we've seen regularly happen. Yeah, I I can speak from experience with that as well. It's almost like if uh, if a brand does not have an agency of record, you're going to introduce a lot of uh, communication hurdles and coordination hurdles where uh, brand imaging may be one way on one social platform. And since an agency is running it a different way on another platform, you may start to like, cross wires with your audiences and that influences everything from retargeting down to conversion rate on your site. Yep. 100%. And obviously that creates silos, right? And that's, that's the biggest challenge is the silos and one person's on one page and they're talking about one aspect of, of their campaign that a person's talking about a different aspect. The challenge there is that one person could be having a challenge that the other person could be having, but they're not really connected on how that's going to be solved together. So one thing that we've been doing just lately is one part of our process, if a client has 
um, certain services outsourced to another agency or in-house is we have a monthly call with that entire team to find out what problems they have on the site that's relating to their marketing or vice versa. And that at least eliminates the communication silos of making sure that we understand what challenges one vendor's having and we're having so that we can figure out how we can fix that together. Um, so that's something we've been doing lately and it's been working well, um, but it's still always a constant challenge to try and get everyone together. Yeah, it, it's funny how just talking about stuff can you know, solve problems like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic. I think we, we would love to do that more as humans, but uh, yeah, it's such a simple simple step to do, but uh, it's one of the most complicated things to make happen. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just communication more. Um, so I think that's one thing brands could improve on. Right, right. Okay, so we've talked about like the difficult parts. Uh, the next thing I would love to hear from you, Adam, is what's your best, like, we got to be the hero for this brand story, whether it be through like an innovative feature or saving the day. I would love to hear that. Yeah, so I always go back to the one story. We've got, we've got quite a few stories I want to talk about. I think one that's closest to my heart, it's really where I found the passion for e-com and, you know, um, I'll, I'll basically give you top level. So in um, 2014 in my previous agency, um, basically came across a lead and she lived in Blanco, Texas, in the middle of a ranch, in the middle of the desert, nowhere. And she sold high-end um, Western women's apparel. And uh, she'd been in business for 10 years. And basically she'd been doing about half a million a year at the time. So not a lot of revenue for the 10-year-old company. And you know she, she was trying to get the business to grow and she believed in it and she was just looking for help. And uh, long story short, um, you know, basically she came on board with us and we decided to do a rebrand, a full redesign on the site and then full PPC and SEO strategy. And uh, from September 8th, 2014 to September 8th of 2015, she went from 450,000 the previous year to 1.8 million. And uh, that was probably like for a small business, I think that's the coolest part for me. Like larger brands who are more established you know it's cool when you do things for them but i think i get more of a kick out of the small businesses because it's you can play with them and really do some fun stuff so um that was probably one of the best success stories and that's what really started notice because i found my passion of changing a business upside down and you know uh, she sold the business after a year and a half but uh, she used to call me like literally every few weeks blake and say to me you know thank you for changing my whole business because she tried to get over that million mark for 10 years and it took her less than seven months to get there with us. And that was probably one of the biggest success stories from a small business aspect that we've had. And uh, it's still a story I speak to this day. That is awesome. That's like, it's a transformational story for not only like her in her life, but her, for her brand as well. And I think that's like what gets a lot of, uh, a lot of people like you that run agencies kind of wakes you up in the morning and what gets you kind of going about being able to help people that way and work with them. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny because, uh, when she first launched break, I used to log into an admin panel like every hour just to see like what pe the PVC strategy was doing, what the SEO strategy was doing, just to see how many sales you generate. And I, I just loved the whole competitive aspect of trying to figure out how I was going to get a customer from click to sale. And, um, you know, that was the core part about it. And I think the biggest thing is just knowing that you can make that much of a big impact on a business in that way. So uh, that's kind of a, that that was really what made me start Notice is seeing how much of an impact I can make on off a brand like that. And that's why Notice started because I just, I just found my passion with it. So it's a cool story. I still talk about it regularly and yeah, that's kind of uh, one of the 
big success stories I would talk about, yeah. Yeah, that might be my favorite hero story we've heard yet. So that one was great. <laughs> so closing question, uh, and I'll, I'll add a complication to it so you can talk about it either way that you want. So one thing I always love to talk to agency owners about is what's something that you think is is growing as a trend in the next year and a half uh, in the e-com space that you might like think is going to catch people by surprise. And I'd also love to hear if you think there's something that's going to die out or go away, mention that as well. Yeah. So I've probably got two things that I would touch on and, and it, people probably know it's happening, but it's not catching on as, as quickly as I would think at the moment. It's definitely getting there. So SMS marketing um, for e-commerce is going to be the next big thing um, I think that's going to be probably overtaking email in the next five to ten years um, I know 1.5 years what you mentioned but I think SMS is the next up and coming thing um, you know just in terms of open rates and conversion rates for email it's four to five times that of email uh, of email over SMS so um, you know SMS is probably the next big thing I see coming through um, I think the second big thing and this is probably more than a platform side is guessing some people spoke about it but you know Shopify being a marketplace I think Shopify is going to turn into a you know an Amazon marketplace in the next two years probably and um, so that's kind of one big thing I think is probably going to come and um, so they're probably the two things I think are coming soon. yeah yeah I I completely agree about the SMS marketing we're seeing that as well especially when you get into like a an automated flow Within SMS, mm -hmm. people are much more open to that versus uh, email. People live on their phone uh, in messages rather than email anymore. Yeah, for sure. And and when you think about it logically, right, when you get an email, most people don't have notifications set up on their email. They just see like the number number on the actual box. So there's like five steps to actually get to a PDP page, product detail. And, you know, you've got to first red, register as an email there, browse through all the emails, click it browse through the, the newsletter, click it, then actually finally get to the product and then go to checkout. With SMS, you literally get notified and it comes up on your screen most of the time because that's how people have set up. And you're literally in PDP within two steps. So it's definitely going to be transformational. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how saturated that market gets because is, is email going to get less um, overwhelming and is sms going to get more overwhelming i think that's going to be interesting to see the next two years and see how many players come into that space and how much spam we're going to be getting and how much unnecessary stuff it's going right. to be interesting to see how that comes i'm always wondering if i'm going to end up with a spam folder uh in my messages <laughs> app before too long yeah it's probably going to come <laughs> yes yes well, this show was great, Adam. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, this has been a wonderful episode of Content Plus Commerce. So thank you guys and tune in next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe. Also, if you'd like to talk to Engine about our agency partner program, then visit enginecommerce.com slash agency.